I heard a phrase this week that I found very helpful. The phrase is this. Science takes things apart to see how they work. Religion puts things together to see what they mean. I like that. Science takes things apart to see how they work. Religion puts things together to see what they mean. The reason I start off my homily with that is that this gospel has several, several layers of meaning. And uh, when I found myself deciding on what to talk about, I had to choose between the levels of meaning. I could talk about, um, of course, marriage and the resurrection, um, courage, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, I won't bore you with my whole process. But I, I decided to talk about something that I have been, and both of, since many of you have been listening to me for quite a while, um, something that uh, I have been obsessed with for a long time. And that obsession is, what is it that is most worthwhile for a human being to do in this world? What is it that is most, most worthwhile? Now, you may not have heard me say it in those words, but you have heard me say it when I obsess over the etymology of the word worship. Because the word worship, and if, you're, if you've heard me say it before, I apologize, but it keeps echoing in my head. The word worship is so simple. The, the suffix ship means the art and practice of anything. So you have like penmanship, craftsmanship, sportsmanship, you can all the kinds of different ship. The art and practice of anything. So then you have left over the WOR. And the WOR is extremely simple. It's just missing the TH. It's actually the word worth. Worth. So we use the word worship, and we worship God. But what does that mean? You know, I, I always, when I was younger, I always used to think of people worshiping men. Oh, you know, I worship, I worship, I worship. But what it really means is the art or practice of what is worthwhile. That's what it means. It means, so when you come to Mass, what's actually happening, whether you know it or not, is that you are asking, when you worship God, you're actually asking God to help you put the things that are worthwhile in your life in their correct order. 
that's what's happening. And God is always first. He is in the first order. So I started thinking about that because my mind turned into the first reading. And the first reading, it's really interesting because unless you understand a little bit of the history, you don't get what's happening. The Jews were um, occupied by several powers. Babylon was one, the Assyrians, uh, the Greeks occupied them, and then, of course, the Romans. Well, during the occupation of the Greeks, there was a local king, might be a local governor, Greek guy, whose name was Antiochus Epiphanes. Antiochus Epiphanes. And Antiochus was particularly disdainful of the Jews. He thought, being Greek, that they had the best culture. They had the, you know, the most sophisticated culture and cuisine and philosophy and stuff like that all the great philosophers. And so that they were occupying this backward people that had stupid, stupid laws. Uh, they, they would worship this god. They didn't worship the much better Greek gods. And they had dietary restrictions and all kinds of stuff. So Antiochus decided that he wanted to desecrate the temple. And so you remember in the temple, no pagans are allowed. It's just, it's a holy of holies. So he literally sent herds of pigs into the temple um, to defecate and to, in, in the whole temple. And then he, made, he, he decided to go into a rampage of forcing the Jews to violate their dietary restrictions and forcing them under the penalty of death to eat pork and or other forbidden meats. And the story that you get in this uh, reading is a mother who had seven sons. And all the seven sons are threatened with death in front of the mom and the mom too if they don't eat pork. Now remember what does that mean? I mean from one perspective you could say well gosh this is silly these people are dying for something that we do today with no problem go you know eat ham all the time so how silly can that be? But you see, that's not what it meant to them. Remember, what it meant to them was not just pork. It was the representation of their relationship with God. I'm very good friends with a Jewish rabbi who I'm on the radio every Sunday. And... Uh, you know, he, whenever we bring pizza or bring anything, 
we have to always be very careful as to what is on it because he is a conservative Jew and he eats only specific things. And of course, one time we had very sincere conversations and asked him why. And um, he said, because God has set us apart as an example. He, he, he makes a point of saying not because we're better, but he wants us to be like a shining light. And this is what distinguishes us, a specific diet. And so it's our loyalty to God, not that pork in itself, it's evil or not. So remember what I began. It's not about taking apart the chemical or biological components of pork. That's science. But it's about what his religion is in Judaism. It's about what it means. Now, remember, we're, we're not Jews. Uh, our revelation has taught us that um, Paul had a, a revelation in which he saw a great deal of animals come down from heaven and, and a voice from heaven said, kill and eat. So the New Testament is very clear that both circumcision and uh, the dietary laws do not apply in terms of the Christian understanding. Otherwise, we'd still be sacrificing uh, goats, I mean, lambs and stuff like that. So, but look at what the, it, it meant to, the, to these seven brothers and to the woman. It meant the most absolutely highest worthwhile thing in their, high, in their eyes was their loyalty to God. The pork was the means, but it was their loyalty to God. That was the highest worth. And they were willing to die for it. They were willing to die. And slowly, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. Every time I go to the dentist and he messes with my mouth, I cannot imagine having my tongue cut out. Okay? And then holding out your hand and having your hand chopped off. And knowing that you are willing to, uh, to accept that because your body was a gift from God, like that young man said. Your body was a gift from God, and you'd rather be God more worthwhile than saving your own hide. And so the worth it, they were worshiping God by not eating pork. might sound silly to us, but that's what they were doing. They were holding God in highest worth. And they went through all of them, including the mother. They were all killed. Now, you might ask the question, well, then what's that got to do? Because the first reading and the gospel always go together. The, the trick is to find out what, the, what meaning the Vatican and the officials who put the missile together, what meaning they saw that puts them together, the first reading and the gospel reading. The second reading is always a different track. Okay? So we look at the gospel. And so, this whole thing about marriage, what does, what's the point? The Sadducees going up to Jesus. Remember, now, the Sadducees are a group of people in the early, in the early Christian 
uh, tradition, I mean, not Christian, the Jews of Jesus' day, there were three main groups. Uh, there were three main groups. There were the Pharisees, which appear regularly. There were the Sadducees, and the Sadducees were the priests of the temple. Now, the Pharisees were a group that was extremely well-regarded, even though they're not pictured that way in the New Testament. But they were in the it, they were the holiest, trying to be the holiest. A lot of times they, they got their holiness all messed up. But they were they believed in the resurrection. Now the Sadducees were the priests of the temple. They were the highest, not in holiness but in dignity. And they did not believe in the resurrection at all. In fact, they didn't believe in the prophets. They didn't believe in the writings. They only believed in the Torah, the first five books of Moses. And so when the Sag and the, the third one was the Essenes, which was a monastic community, you might have heard of, of the writings that they left behind, which are called the Dead Sea Scrolls. Those were from the Essenes. Well, here comes the Sadducees. And the Sadducees go up to Jesus. And they think they've got him. They got him. Because this guy, that's an old Jewish law, that's, you've heard it in the gospel, that seven brothers married the same woman, and they all childless. And so they thought they were laughing at Jesus, because, you know, they said, well, when this guy, when the resurrection comes, whose wife is it going to be? You know, all of them. And of course, it's always a it's always a risky venture to ask Jesus a question like that, you know, to to try and trip him up. And of course, we got the teaching, which is one of the levels of meaning that I could have gone on. That in the resurrection, there will not be marriage. Okay. A long time ago, I I chose a different meaning with this gospel, and I asked the congregation. How many of you are destined to be celibate in the congregation? I asked the whole congregation that. And about three or four or five people raised their hands. I said, all of you raise your hands. Because in heaven there is no marriage. You, that doesn't mean you won't see your husband or your wife, but you will be best of friends. That's what marriage is supposed to be added with the reproduction of children. But that's neither here nor there. But what fascinated me was, what was it that Antiochus was making absolute? What was it that the king thought nobody would go against saving their own hide? For Antiochus... He thought that the life of this world is so important that nobody would give it up. But he found that there were seven brothers who were willing to give it up because there is something of higher worth, and that is God. Now, here come the Sadducees. And the Sadducees are going to do the same thing that Antiochus has done, but they're going to do it a little more sneaky. They have in basically separated religion from God. And what they are making absolute 
is their religion. You see, religion is not always good for you. Okay? Religion can be pretty bad for you. If you remember Jesus, one time speaking to the Pharisees, Jesus said, you scribes and Pharisees, you travel land and sea to make a convert. And when you're finished with them, they're twice as fit for hell as you are yourselves. A direct quote from Jesus. So that comes to understand that religion, if you tweak it enough, can make you worse than you were before. Now, what were the Sadducees doing? The Sadducees, and indeed also the Pharisees, were making an absolute about their religion. They were not wanting to listen to God. It doesn't matter that Jesus could have gone up to somebody that was dead and said, get up. There should have been plenty of signs that Jesus that's why Jesus did miracles, to show that he had power over nature. They were not just things to get popular, they were signs of his authority. You know, do you remember the, the, uh, the paralytic that they bring down through the roof? You know? And they bring down this got paralytic guy through the roof because there's no room. And Jesus looks at him. Now, what does the paralytic want? He wants to walk. Jesus looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. Now, think about it from the perspective of the paralytic. You're going, uh, thank you, but uh, I kind of want it to walk. But look at what Jesus' priority is. His priority is not the physical health of the man. So what does he do? He says, your sins are forgiven. And then people start thinking, Pharisees start thinking, who is this guy that has forgiven sins? And Jesus says, why are you thinking like that? And then he says to the Pharisees, so that you may know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, because only God can forgive sins. So they're correct in saying, who is this guy that forgives sins? And so that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins, then he he heals the paralytic. He didn't heal the paralytic because the paralytic wanted to be healed. He healed the paralytic as a sign to the Pharisees and scribes. So notice that the Sadducees and the scribes and the Pharisees had got Jesus had given them plenty of signs that there was something different about him. Okay? And that's why Jesus called them blind guides of the blind, okay? And so what had they done? They had made religion separate from God and absolute. They were worshiping religion. You see, you're supposed to worship God through religion. You're not supposed to worship religion. How do you how how are you worshiping religion? Sometimes when people get so obsessed with no in church we do it this way and this way and we don't do this and we do this and they pay more attention to the ritual and to the words than they pay to the meaning 
that carries their relationship with God. That's when you worship religion. Religion is more worth than the actual relationship that religion is trying to carry. Religion is a vehicle, and it's supposed to be able to mediate between you and the, the meaning between you and God. Now, it's important that we just don't say anything goes, but the, the issue is about not allowing religion to become such rigid that it becomes something that, you know, that, like, let me give you an example. Uh, do you remember, you know, the, the whole issue of, uh, of the Sabbath rest? Now, that was given as a sign that human beings are not to be worked to death, that you're supposed to rest and to dedicate a day of rest to God. Well, by the time the Pharisees got a hold of it, they were trying to be so holy that they obsessed over, well, what does it mean to work? Like, for example, is cooking work? Well, yeah. Well, then you can't cook. Uh, is walking making your body work? Well, then you got to limit the walking that you do. Uh, and they would continue down down to the slightest thing of, you know, if 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 a chicken laid an egg, there was actual discussions of labor. Well, should that egg be unclean? You know, stuff like that. What did they do? They obsessed over religion, and instead of listening to the commandment of God and understanding and letting their religion mediate their relationship with God, they were obsessing over religion. What were the scribes, the Sadducees trying to do? They were trying to discredit Jesus by obsessing over their own Judaism. Exactly what Antiochus was saying, except with different stuff. Now, the reason I'm saying that is, and I'll shut up, um, are, are you obsessing over anything? You know, because, now I know I obsess over etymologies, but I, I mean that in a different way. But, um, you know, what is of highest worth to you? What is the highest worth? Are you really worshiping God? I once went on a retreat, and the, my retreat director asked me, he said, uh, I want you to bring in your checkbook and your calendar. And I thought this sounds suspicious. And um, he made me, on my retreat, go over my checkbook and my credit card, too, to see what I was spending my money on. Because he was saying, every time you spend money, you're saying something is worthwhile. And what are you worth shipping? And your calendar, what are you worth shipping? So I think that that's the meaning that I want us to, to, to draw from today. What is it exactly that you're worshiping? I know you're here to worship God, but is that in effect what is happening in our lives? Just check it out.